0: This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Bespoke Post.
1: Christian, I am so excited, it's a new month, man. Okay, wait, why are you so excited? Cause my new box of awesome is coming my way finally. Oh, you're talking about Bespoke Post, right? That's right man, my weekender bag came in and it is quality. I've been putting my mic and headphones in it because I finally have a bag I can actually trust, Christian.
0: Well, I gotta say I was super impressed with the quality as well. Uh, We're definitely gonna have to post it on Instagram for our followers, but hey, How about for our listeners who are unaware, tell them what
1: Bespoke Post is. Well, for you uninitiated out there, Bespoke Post is a uniquely themed monthly subscription service. Every month you get to pick out your next box with gear ranging from style and grooming and even outdoor and glassware.
0: That's right, man. With barbecue season coming up, I picked The Chill as my next box. It's a heavy duty cooler that can hold up to a case of beer or eight bottles of wine. Even comes with a stainless steel bottle opener. I mean, there's stuff on this site that you can't
1: even find on Amazon. Listeners, you can get your box of awesome today for twenty percent off when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter our promo code Nerdshow20. Again, you guys don't want to miss out. Head over to
0: boxofawesome.com, sign up, and use our code Nerdshow20 to start getting these unique artisan brands. Bespoke post. The boxes for people that give a damn. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.
2: A couple of years ago within this galaxy, two nerds with a passion for comics, wrestling, movies, horror, and more would unite and create the amazing nerd show. The time has come, a tremble felt throughout the galaxy, Battles fought to determine who are the best and worst characters in Star Wars have begun. Our nerds unite for their 122nd voyage into nerdum. To fulfill the prophecy. For the enjoyment of the fans. For the love of all things Star Wars. The Force will be with you. Buckle up, fly boys. We're about to kick it into light speed. Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. And welcome to Star Wars Month.
0: Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Damon, how did you spend Star Wars Day?
1: Uh, you know, my daughter's been binging Clone Wars, as we know. Uh, mm, and then mm. I went ahead and I passed the torch. Uh, I gave her my Darth Vader head collector case as like a little Star Ooh. Wars day gift. So, um, you know, it's currently empty, and like I've got all my like vintage figures on display. So it's just kind of sitting there, you know, collecting dust. And she's starting to kind of collect a lot of like Star Wars action figures. So, I figured, hey, why the hell not? You know, it's a little bit of the legacy being passed, you know, to another generation, and it's a nice way to, you know, for her to keep her room clean. So, <laughs> um, way to
0: keep the spirit alive.
1: Yeah, she well, she she enjoyed it. She was super excited for, it. and actually, most of her figures actually fit. So she collects those uh, Disney toy box
2: figures, uh, the
1: Star Wars ones, mm-hmm. um, but they actually kind of fit in the little slots. So, um, you know, she was excited about it. So it was, it was nice. It was a a nice little family moment, if you will. A very nerdy family moment.
0: I hear you, I hear you. So, do you want to pass down the figures to me? I'll take those off your hands.
1: Uh, Christian, thankfully we're not related, so you get fucking nothing (laughs) and and like it. (laughs) Get your own toys, man. (laughs) Did you collect uh, Star Wars figures when you were younger?
0: Unfortunately, uh, I was more of a Transformers guy for a while. Me and my grandfather would collect them together.
1: There's nothing wrong with Transformers, man. But I'm a, yeah. I'm a G1 guy, so because I'm old. <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, I mean, you're a '90s kid, right? Yeah, I kind was of, born in
0: '94. Yeah, kind <laughs>
1: of. my God. Uh, but I'm yeah, considered you—you you didn't miss anything because those fucking figures were awful. Those were the Power of the Force figures. They were oh. like Star Wars on steroids. Starroids, if you will. um They're really like fucking bulky. They're, I don't know, they're like this weird cross between like He Man and Star Wars. I don't know what they're going for, but they're, I mean, they were just fucking awful. Like, and I was, I actually, you know, was still collecting at that age. I mean, I was in high school at that point, but I was still collecting toys and I'm still now as a 40 year old, but, um, yeah, no, I stayed the fuck away from those. As a Star Wars fan, I was like, I, I didn't want anything to do with those. So, um, luckily, they righted the ship, you know, in the early 2000s. It kind of went back to, like, you know, the original, like, you know, style. kind of style of figures. Gotcha. I'm
0: just picturing, like, Luke Skywalker, but in, like, Hulkamaniac gear. Oh, no, seriously. <laughs> I mean,
1: Google it, you know, the power of the Force, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, Lando's, like, busting out of his blouse it's really bizarre (laughs) all right so some of the listeners might not know but this month all month long we're celebrating everything star wars so uh later on this episode we're going to be reviewing uh the final season of clone wars and we're also going to be counting down our favorite star Wars characters of all time that's right damon this is all in honor of the
0: 40th anniversary of the empire strikes back all
1: right well so before we take a deep dive into star wars We've got a lot of news to catch up on. But
0: before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite
1: podcast platform. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five star review. Let's get into the news. Every week, we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in nerdom. We're not mild man reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions.
0: So starting off this week, we have new Star Wars movie from Taika Waititi confirmed
1: yeah that's right we heard this rumor uh, a couple months ago and thankfully it's true so this is a nice little star wars day um surprise uh i have no we have no clue like what he's going to be tackling this definitely feels like it's going to be a way you know ways out um i think they were saying in the article that we read that it was actually probably around like 2022 2023 um which makes sense. I mean, no one's doing anything right now. So um, what part of the universe or, you know, this just the, the whole story do you think he's going to tackle? Um, I mean, I I could see him doing like an underbelly film for sure. That would be yeah. fantastic. You know how I feel mm. about, you know, <laughs> the senior side of Star Wars. Um, but yeah, and I mean, he's already directed an episode of The Mandalorian. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's gotten his feet wet. So it, it does make sense for him to, you know, take um, that deep dive.
0: Maybe maybe a little bit more gangster mall, you know?
1: That'd be cool. I, I definitely would love to see that, Like, because we don't know exactly, you know, that chapter of the character's, you know, story. Mm. So, I mean, I, I'd be interested in that. Would you do it after what takes place in Solo? Yeah. Okay.
0: And I feel like you can change the characters up a lot if you don't want to continue on with the Solo story.
1: And this has been confirmed, too, as a you know, big screen release. This is going to be a feature length film. This is not going to be a series.
0: All right. Up next, Peyton Reed and Robert Rodriguez confirm to be directing episodes in season two of the Mandalorian.
1: Yes. Uh, this is another thing that was teased, uh, over the last couple months. Uh, this was also confirmed on star Wars day. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm totally excited to see Robert Rodriguez tackle the Mandalorian. It's like the absolute, like perfect fit for him. Especially if you think about what he gave us with like El Mariachi and like Desperado once upon a time in Mexico. I really just, I mean, to pause for a second, I love once upon a time in Mexico. Like it's definitely one of those films I can rewatch over and over again. (laughs) Um, you know, which I, it's a movie that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I, I just fucking love that movie. Um, just this kind of, like, you know, he he does quirky Westerns um, mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, the fact that he's going to be directing, you know, maybe an episode or two of The Mandalorian just makes perfect sense. Peyton Reed, I mean, the guy knows how to do action. I can say that. So I'd really love to see, like, what he'll bring to, like, you know, Star Wars. No, everything
0: feels like we're really, you know, building up to an action-packed season next season.
1: All right, well, it's also
0: rumor mill time. We got tons of new rumors coming in from mcu and disney uh starting off we have iron heart series rumored to be in development
1: yeah so i mean we heard i think it was fucking robert downey jr right that started this rumor like six months ago or so at some <laughs> kind of like banquet where he mentioned like you know riri williams definitely deserves to have you know their own series or be featured in a film um so i I'm not surprised by this. Um, the report's basically saying online that, you know, they're pushing her, you know, into development for a series on Disney Plus. Um, and this is coming from Scooper Thomas Pilato. Um, But yeah, so they're definitely, you know, accepting pitches right now um, from uh, potential screenwriters, but they haven't like, you know, they're not as far as like hiring a showrunner or anything at this point. So, um, so it's definitely a ways out, but I mean, it makes perfect sense. It seems like they're tackling a lot of the, you know, younger heroes in the MCU universe. Do you think they would bring
0: in AI, Robert Downey Jr.?
1: You know, it makes sense. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens more for Peter, Mm -hmm. um you know like if he gets an upgraded suit and the ai on it is you know like an imprint of you know tony uh i think that would make more sense um but it also works for riri so why not and we did see that i believe in the comics right yes Mm -hmm. for a little bit during oh secret empire during secret empire right um when uh tony was in a coma or something (laughs) so uh it's not, you know, out of the realm of possibilities. That's for sure. I hated that because also the
0: AI was also getting drunk. Just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> it was,
1: it was a little bit of a weird choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I mean, but yeah, Ironheart wasn't the only series or movie being teased. Yeah, we also have Ghost Rider coming back to to either the big screen or small screen. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That was a rumor that we heard a while back, and now it's out there again. Um, This is according to the direct uh, contributor Daniel Reitman. Uh, He's saying that a version of Ghost Rider is being developed by Faki and Marvel Studios. Um, They're not sure if it's going to be the small screen or the big screen, Uh, but it's definitely not going to be portrayed by Gabriel Luna. Um, who we saw on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. portraying Robbie Reyes. And he was actually attached to uh, the Hulu series also that got canned. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when we heard that that Hulu series got canned, I think everyone started speculating right away um, that, you know, Faki wanted to keep Ghost Rider for himself. Um, Reportedly he's supposed to be a big fan of the character. Um, But, you know, Reichman also goes on to um, report that the Robbie Reyes version um, doesn't appeared to be you know the the version of the character that uh Faki wants to go with um so we could be seeing a return of johnny blaze gotcha nicholas cage 2022 <laughs> i would be surprised if he doesn't make a cameo yeah
0: i could see him pulling off like the old man
1: role yeah maybe i hope they not i hope memory. they don't go that route <laughs> <laughs> with uh the oh god what was that the gatekeeper or the un- not yeah. the undertaker
0: he was like a previous Ghostwriter.
1: Yeah, but they he had a name. name. He's actually based on a comic, you know, character too that's in gotcha. like the '90s Ghostwriter series. Um, it was played by Sam Elliott. I don't know why I know that much about the movie, but <laughs> that was the sequel too, wasn't it? Was that in the no, sequel? The first one. was in the first one? Okay. I don't think I saw the, the sequel. Him? The
0: sequel's okay. Like it, it went, it went a little bit more wonky.
1: I think you're lying to me. <laughs> I didn't completely hate the first one. You know, it just wasn't what I was expecting, what I wanted from a Ghostwriter movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, like, god-awful. I mean, it was just kind of (laughs) awful. (laughs) Well,
0: also being reported, Marvel Studios is developing a Secret Warriors project.
1: So this was a little weird, right? You know, so, you know, everyone's kind of talking about this because there's been many different articles being Mm. written about this. Um, and they're referencing Nick Fury's Secret Warriors, which was kind of a group that he put together in the comics. Um, they're like, basically like the daughters and sons of like you know pre-existing like heroes and villains in the uh, Marvel universe. Um, Quake's part of the team. I'm trying to think who else was part. I think Yo-Yo is also part of the team, which actually she debuted in um, in Agents of Shield. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't if. If that's the case, I don't feel like they're going to go with that version of, like, the team, though.
0: No, yeah, because, I mean, Quake was a huge part of Agents of yes. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. I feel like they want to just get away from yeah,
1: it. Yeah, which is unfortunate, because I really enjoy that character in Agents of mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. And I wouldn't mind seeing her, like, live on. But I, I it, it seems like Foggy wants nothing to do with, like, you know, Marvel TV at this point. <laughs> so... um I really think they're going to do, like, the Secret Warriors um, that we're getting right now in animated form, which are is, like, all the younger Marvel characters. Um, you know, my daughter's, like, actually a really big fan of the show. It's actually called, like, Marvel Rising Secret Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that's featuring, like, I think Iron- Ironheart is one of the team, um, American Chavez, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Spider, Spider-Gwen, if you will um uh, squirrel girl yes miss marvel <laughs> yeah my daughter's a huge fan of squirrel girl actually um miss Marvel's part of the team so i mean i think that might be where we're going um it makes sense i mean they these are a lot of
0: people that they've been announcing and or like rumors have been coming out left and right about i'm wondering if there's so, just I mean, some
1: confusion and this is just like really a low-key like champions series Possible because it feels like that you know that title makes more sense, you know that version of this team makes Mm -hmm. more sense than like the Secret Warriors moniker, unless they want to like use Nick Fury as kind of like, you know, a transition for the team, like a conduit, you know, you know, for the team in like the Marvel, Mm. you know, universe. Um, But I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely I feel like there's a lot of you know promise there. All I'm saying
0: is if they make a champion style team, just. As long as Viv doesn't, like, die in some way or be the problem, <laughs> I'm fine, you know? I will, she's totally I will be died, and she's totally going
1: to be the problem. Because as a character, they could absolutely introduce too, with, like, WandaVision mm,
0: happening. Exactly.
1: So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get a version of that character. But, you know, like, like in the comics, she dies every other arc, so I wouldn't be surprised, Christian. Don't hold your breath it's, on that.
0: <sighs> <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> Last but not least, Becky Lynch, she's going to be in a Marvel movie, Damon.
1: Rumored. She's rumored, rumored to be rumored. appearing in an upcoming Marvel movie. Uh, this is being reported on by Netflix's Chris Tapley. Um, he just kind of teased that, yeah, she might also be in a certain upcoming Marvel movie. Um, so that, of course, left everyone trying to figure out what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> So speculation has been, like, wide and varied, but uh, I don't know, Christian. To put you on the spot, what character do you see Becky Lynch portraying in the MCU? You
0: know, I'm not quite sure, but, I I mean, the first instinct was She-Hulk, maybe, you know, with some CGI work put in, you know?
1: I could see her, like, being, like, Jennifer Walters.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally see that, but then you just do the rest in CGI, you
1: know? Yeah, maybe. Okay.
0: I mean, do you do you pick picture Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk?
1: No, no. Exactly. I mean, now I do, but no, at the time, no. Um, yeah, and I, I guess with like CGI and everything nowadays, anything's possible, so oh, that works. Um, I, how about Squirrel Girl?
0: <laughs> I just, I, I can see her trying it, but I, I, I don't imagine.
1: I could see her imagine. like playing that quirky kind of character. Yeah. With an army of that. fucking squirrels?
0: After I mean, all this work of becoming the man, you want her to be a squirrel? Squirrel
1: girl? girls a fucking badass, man. She took off fucking Thanos. <laughs> I I
0: get it, but it's also.
1: At Wolverine. <laughs> She's undefeated. God damn it. <laughs> don't sleep on Squirrel Girl. Uh, How I about uh, you know what I could you know I think most likely what it is? And we don't know anything, but I could see her just being like in the red room or something like that, and being like one of the yeah. widows that they're training. Like it's a, probably just like a brief cameo. I mean, I feel like it's too late for her to be a Black Widow, but like something
0: like that, I could D- totally why,
1: see. Why though? Well, I feel like that movie's done. Well, it's done, it's but they the could have shot her shit beforehand. Don't you think if they could have kept it under wraps? I guess. I mean, that's not WWE's way of doing things, but. <laughs>
0: I feel like we would have noticed her being gone at some point, right?
1: Well, she did have those weeks off. Well, if it's a cameo, I mean, you're talking about like a couple days of filming. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not saying she's Taskmaster or anything. Oh, that'd be fun. Book it. She's Taskmaster. <laughs> Let's start the rumor. <laughs> An older MJ? <sighs> yeah, I mean, sure, but... Make, it would make no sense, Christian. No. <laughs> there's with, already an mj on. right exactly and, although she's I mean, technically she's different not name. Mary jane right <laughs> exactly so but yeah but yeah i i have no fucking clue so and who knows i mean maybe this guy has no idea what the fuck he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to speculate regardless
0: all right well before we move on support for the amazing nerd show is brought to you by podcorn
1: christian we know life as a podcaster isn't easy Monetizing your small independent podcast can lead to nothing but heartbreak and frustration. We didn't even know the first place to start and how to approach these companies, but then we found Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host red ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Damn it, with Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes
0: can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step
1: and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. And Christian, I love their mission statement, to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn. Connecting unique voices to unique brands. Alright, man, let's talk some fucking Star Wars. Alright, so we got a review this week. Uh, we are gonna talk Clone Wars season seven, the final season. And
2: now our feature presentation. Why would anyone walk away from being a Jedi? We were trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. We clones have mixed feelings about the war, but without it, we wouldn't exist. All part of the plan. The plan. Everything is about to change.
1: All right, so Christian, we actually kind of did a review for the first couple episodes, um, which was the Bad Batch arc. Um, but then we figured we were going to hold off until, you know, the season was over to give it a full review. Uh, you know, right off the top, you know, what are your overall reactions to this season?
0: You know, um, the, the end of the season really brought it all together, but overall it it was very slow. It's kind of what we got from a traditional um, season of um, the Clone Wars, but you know not as many episodes. And I, um, that really took away f- from it for me. But that final four episodes is probably gonna stick with me through the end of time. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they definitely like make it up to you with the last four episodes i agree Mm -hmm. but it it was very much a slow burn um you know and i've said in the past like i've never been truly invested in like the clones um so with the series so the fact that we started off and it was you know all clones for the first four episodes it was okay um i thought the bad batch story was interesting but, like, you know, I was ready to jump right into Ahsoka's story. And, I, you know, just having to, like, deal with a weekly release schedule and everything like that was kind of rough. Um, and then we got to Ahsoka and then we had to deal with, you know, <laughs> you know, three episodes of her kind of, you know, finding herself again. Which, like, I understood the concept that they were going for and, like, trying to show, you know, how the Clone Wars have been, like, affecting, like, you know, everyday citizens. But I don't know if I needed three episodes of that to, like, convey that message. I mean, I I don't have a problem with the amount of episodes. I feel like I
0: actually would have liked more in general. Like, different adventures that she had to go on that show different elements of what's going on in the universe that kind of build it up
1: a little bit. So what you're saying is you'd like her, just different stories. Yes. I couldn't deal with more Rafa and Trace. (laughs) No,
0: beyond Rafa and Trace. Okay.
1: Okay. I could could go for that. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just the choice of characters that, you know, they have her, you know, hanging out with that kind of like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, did nothing for me. Because um, I was pretty much over it like after the second episode. I was like, OK, I need to move on.
0: Well, I mean, speaking of that second episode, it felt like a, an entirely pointless episode because everything at the end of that restarts in the third episode. You know, they, they build this kind of trust when they go when she goes to save them and everything. And then it, the immediate next episode, the sister's complaining about Ahsoka again. And it makes no sense.
1: No, I agree. That was kind of weird. treading water. Yeah, it kind of it was kind of off putting too. I was like, wait a second, mm-hmm. what just happened? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, because I actually felt like I missed an episode in between. Now that you mentioned yeah. it, where I was like, wait, did I miss something? Did something happen? Um, so that was odd. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, they were okay. They were entertaining, I guess. But I don't know. Like, I I think the problem too. Was with the trailer that we got before the you know the season started. Yeah, <laughs> you know it was. It's all based on the last four episodes. Mm-hmm. So like I was totally gung ho. I'm ready to just dive into Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then yeah, we're kind of like you said treading water for almost almost six episodes. It feels like.
0: Like I I I enjoyed what we got through the clones. You know I like the Bad Batch team. I like the concept of it. Um, I did think the ending to that. Arc was a little too predictable, where they're like, "We don't, we don't know if we can trust him," but of course, he's still on their side. How did
1: you feel about Echo joining up with
0: them? It band? was just a little too predictable that Echo was going to join them. Like, just the fact that he looks weird, he's going to join this team. But uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> you're a freak. <laughs> Hang out with these guys. Exactly.
1: <laughs> What's the message here, Felony? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, you know,
0: I. I don't know. I, I thought it was a good end to his story. You know, if just, you're not going to go any further, then, I mean, fine.
1: I guess I just didn't care about his story. I guess that was my issue. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to, like, backtrack, like, okay, which clone was Echo? Um, so, I don't know. I just was never invested. And, like, and, and that's my problem with, like, the clones in general. Like, besides Rex, and a lot of that's built off of, you know, what we get in Rebels, um, mm-hmm. I'm ne- I've never been truly invested in the clones. So, you know, it, it's just, I think it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm a different generation of fandom too. So I didn't like grow up with the clones. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm a nineties Marvel kid. So I fucking hate clones naturally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no, the whole, me. the whole concept of clones always turned me off right off the bat. Um, so I don't know, man. Yeah, trust me. Anything time travel
0: or clones, I'm usually against it. But, I mean, that's a big staple of Star Wars, yes. is the clones, so. Yes.
1: Um. But, yeah, no, man. B- 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 let's get into the, the final four episodes, though. Mm-hmm. The Siege of Mandalore. How fucking epic were these episodes, man?
0: Uh, extremely, but how fucking depressing were they?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That last episode alone. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ. But I mean that such great storytelling, and everything. I think it's the is it shattered, where everything's kind of like the the battle's over between her and Maul. Mm-hmm. Is it shattered? Um, and like yes, y- Order sixty six is about to happen, and you know it's about to fucking go down. And there's just this sense of dread that's like suffocating that first like five minutes of the episode. Um, just I don't know. It's like the music and everything that's going on. Um, and then just like, you know, seeing Ahsoka react to like what's happening, you know, because she's like sensing everything and mm-hmm. hearing, you know, just the little like, you know, audio cuts that they have in there. Um, so, you know, time wise, exactly where, you know, everything lines up. Just perfect, man. Pitch perfect.
0: No, it it had me like gripping my chair. Yeah, You know, um, the way that they did it where like it's. They're showing every motion. No one's talking. Everyone's walking around. You know, there's just silence and just slight music in the background. Um, you know, you're just waiting for the next, you know, the shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it was such you know heart wrenching like tension. You know? I
1: love that Rex was resisting. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. You know that you kind of see him like starting to shake and everything, and you know he doesn't want to do it um i thought that was fantastic um just a great choice and everything um but yeah no i mean it, it's a great moment and everything and like you said it's a, it's the kind of moment that will definitely you know stay with me um so but I, I i it was just so well done um and then the last the final episode is so cinematic um, you know, everything that you see, you know, like you know, fucking what's the uh, the shot, the Vader reflecting in the helmet at mm-hmm. the end, you know, that whole scene, you know, at the, you know, the gravesite and everything, man, I mean, just uh, um, bravo fucking Filoni. I mean, that that's impressive. It, it's just the perfect note to like end the series on.
0: No, I was actively trying to think how do I screen cap this to make it a background. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure someone has at this point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but like, how did how she handled the order was way better than most of the Master Jedi. Yes, <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith, like she's she's fighting all these guys, keeping them alive too. Yeah, and act like going through a whole army while like what Kit Fisto or whatever, gets shot down. Kiati Mundy just gets shot down without any resistance, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, even, like, Plo Kloon just goes out, you know, in his exactly. ship. So, yeah. <laughs> she puts up, like, a fucking huge fight, you know? She survives mm-hmm. in the long run, um, which <laughs> many many didn't, obviously. So, um, But it shows you, like, how skilled of a fucking warrior she really is. Um, and the fact that she used Maul, too. Um, something that maybe the other Jedi's wouldn't do. Um, you know, the fact that she's able to kind of bend the rules a little, you know, she's got that Attican spirit, um, I think, you know, obviously kept her alive.
0: Yes. Well, speaking of her and Maul, how'd you feel about the fight?
1: I thought it was brilliant. I love it. And I had no clue that they mo it. Um, I, I, th- I mean, how great of a choice to bring fucking, you know, Ray Park in and actually have him fight his mall again, um, and, and, and the actress who did the work for Ahsoka was fantastic. Also, I don't know. We I think we posted on our Facebook page, um, just you know them going through the whole like choreographic you know fight and everything like that, mm-hmm. and how spot on everything is. Um, just it looked amazing, so tense. Um, just a great like face off between like two like Ronin warriors. Um, you know, who've, like, lost their way. I just, I just love that aspect and that dynamic between the characters.
0: No, it was brilliant. And there's so much... It was great to see Maul in that younger form, you know, being able to f- uh, throw in full aggression against her and everything. It was really well done.
1: Yes. So let's talk about the moment when Maul actually, like, you know, makes her an offer to, like, come and join him and take out, like, Palpatine. Did you think that she was actually, like, wavering? And, like, you know, seriously, like, considering it? I did. I thought
0: she was considering it. Because, I mean, that's what was great about Ahsoka's character is that she gets to make these types of decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, she sees that her master, Anakin, is in extreme danger and she's trying to come up with a plan to save him at this point. You know, I totally thought she was going to make that kind of decision. We'll work together to, to fight him and take him down if he is as big and bad as pop, like as he says, you know,
1: I think she was considering, but I think she was definitely working an angle at the same time, mm. you know, where she would end up turning on him um, eventually. So I, I agree with you that she was definitely, you know, going over, you know, the decision in her mind like she was, you know, definitely considering it. Um, but I think at the same time, it would have been an angle um, where she would definitely, you know, just use him to her own devices and then eventually turn on him, you know, trying to save Anakin. Now, how did you feel about the fact that she didn't really divulge all the information she had about, you know, what was going down between Anakin and uh, Palpatine to the Jedi Council when she had the chance? I
0: don't know. You know, it's like, I don't know what the decision fully was behind I mean, you know, when you think about, does she, can she trust the Jedi Council? There's that element there.
1: I think that's the heartbreak of the situation. Mm-hmm. It's that she doesn't trust them, and rightfully so. So I mean, I I, I kind of understand her choice, um, but I think it, it's supposed to be kind of one of those choices that you know leave you questioning. Like, well, what if? What if they did have that? You know, trust. You know, how different would the outcome of you know, Revenge of the Sith been? You know, if, you know, the Jedi Council, you know, would have kind of betrayed her in the long run.
0: Yeah, Um, I did love how that was handled, though. Like, you know, the moment where it cuts in the film is exactly where she walks into the conversation.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's really well done. You know? Yeah. And that's the shit that like fans appreciate when you, you know, you pay that much, you know, attention to detail. Um, You know, I thought that was a really, really nice touch. Yeah, no, overall, like these last four episodes, I think is probably one of the best arcs of the entire series. Um, You know, like even from like, you know, the introduction of, you know, in the first episode of the arc when, you know, all the clone troopers paint up their helmets, you know, in honor of Ahsoka, you know, to the very end where she's standing amongst, you know, all the helmets. I mean, just such beautiful, like, cemetery, um, you know, just for that story. And just, I mean, like I said, perfect closure for the series. Absolutely. Uh, what would you give it a grade? For the entire season? Um, Jeez, man. It's hard, right? It is hard. Um, But those last four episodes are just so good uh (laughs) i'm gonna give it a b plus
0: i'm gonna give it an a minus all right well before we move on support for the amazing nerd show is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming
1: Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Christian, my bachelor days are way behind me, but I remember being a younger man running around before a big date, you know, having to manscape using those old-fashioned trimmers. I mean, you you practically might as well be using like a chainsaw or something cuz you'd get a nick with those things and you'd practically bleed out. That's why I'm so excited that Manscaped has gone ahead and redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And I'm happy to announce they just released the brand new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology.
0: That's right man, Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the new LED light which illuminates
1: grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Christian, I've never had a better look at my balls. But let me tell you, the thing that impresses me the most is they've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand has a rapid charging dock powered by a USB. I know I have mine display proudly on my fireplace mantle so everyone knows i rock it high and tight baby that's right it's time to trim that junk of yours all right and right now you can get free shipping and 20 off when you head over to manscape.com and use our promo code nerds20 that's right guys get 20 off
0: plus free shipping when you head over to manscape.com and use the promo code nerds20
1: and make sure you tell them the nerds sent you All right, man, let's go ahead and move on and talk some more Star Wars, since it is Star Wars Month, Christian. Uh, Let's go ahead and count down our top ten favorite characters of Star Wars.
0: I know my list is great. (laughs) Duff.
2: Now accessing Christian and Damon's top ten best characters in Star Wars.
1: All right, my number ten pick is Hera.
2: It doesn't matter where we come from, Admiral. Our will to be free is what's going to beat you. You,
1: I really love Rebels. Hera is one of the main reasons why. A strong leader and an awesome pilot, Hera is the heart of the show. She's the glue that holds the team together her warmth and nurturing ways are matched only by her passion and dedication to the Rebels cause I hope one day we actually get to see like a live action version of the character or even a sequel to like the rebel show and I know that's been like you know rumored um, but yeah Hera is definitely my number 10 pick alright well for my number 10 I had Mace Windu in the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic
2: you are under arrest Chancellor
0: uh, the reason why uh, Mace Windu makes my top 10 is because he's such an interesting character And I, you know we all know the story behind why he has a purple lightsaber and it's because he came on set and said I want a fucking purple lightsaber because he's you know Sam L. Jackson but <laughs> um, fans and like writers over time made more story behind that and why you know the purple lightsaber even fucking exists um, a person with a purple lightsaber has an affinity uh, and pull towards both the light and dark um it's someone that has an equal um path that could either go either way so mace windu's character is pretty much you know he's a good guy that kind of fights with a little bit more darkness in him than the average guy and you and you see that throughout like different forms of media and stuff like that and in clone wars where he's definitely more aggressive than most of the other jedi uh and i I always found that aspect pretty cool and pretty interesting um lore-wise you know i feel like what we got in the films was definitely just like you know samuel l jackson being samuel L. jackson in space so (laughs) i mean that's that's as far as that really went but i feel like the character as a whole was a pretty interesting guy
1: my number nine pick is boba fett begrudgingly he's no good to me dead when i was younger and maybe even now a little i was completely obsessed with boba fett I don't know if it's just the awesome character design, or like the mysterious backstory, or the fact that his job title is intergalactic bounty hunter, um, which is just totally fucking badass. Um, but Boba Fett was still and always be the man in my book. Sure, George had him go out in ridiculous fashion, and it really took the fans' passion and a slew of writers to rectify that mistake. And yeah. I kind of hate the origin story that we got um, in the prequels for him, but um, in the long run, he still has to make my top ten list.
0: All right, my number nine was General Grievous.
1: You fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku.
0: Grievous is a you know, you know, comic relief character in the films for some reason, but like everything that they've shown before that in Clone Wars, or even like that, that short-lived um, Clone Wars animated series, he's a total badass, and it makes no sense. He's going around collecting, you know, the lightsabers of Jedi that he's bested, and this is a guy who's only been trained in, you know, the art of fighting with a lightsaber, not, he doesn't have any real force skills, so he's going out there, and he's slaughtering Jedi, pretty much, and then we get to the films, and he's just kind of a, you know, coughing coward. It it just was it was a very weird switch, but you know um, it left such an impression. All the actions we got to see in Clone Wars and you know the other uh, mediums like comics and such uh, that he's definitely one of my favorite characters, and I definitely wish he was better represented in the prequel trilogy.
1: All right, at number eight, I have none other than Lando Calrissian.
0: Are you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler?
1: you got a lot of guts coming here, after what you pulled. Mm.
2: (laughs) How you doing,
1: you old pirate? So good to see you! you Well, he seems very friendly. Lando is one smooth motherfucker. Han's shady-ass friend from his past goes kinda on a similar hero's journey um, as Solo, um, but does it with a lot more style. Um, at first, I, it really seems like he's only like got his self-interest in mind, but then we go on to witness what a true friend Lando is when he takes part in not only saving his friend from Jabba, but also piloting the Millennium Falcon in the final battle against the Empire. Um, and whether it's Billy D. Williams or Donald Glover, no one rocks a fucking cape like Lando. Like I said, he is one smooth motherfucker.
0: I gotta agree because also my number eight was Lando.
1: Everything you've heard about me is true.
0: As you said, you know he's he's just as much of a scoundrel as um, Han, but you know he's he's more suave. He's he's <laughs> he's also a little bit batty, which I kind of love. Um, you know, we get these missions in some of the video games where you get to play as Lando, and you know, he's just spitting off these wild, crazy lines, very similar to how he was acting um, in parts of Return of the Jedi. You know, um, he's 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 a very fun character, and that's why I get behind him. You know, he's he's the suave, cool, Han, well, not I wouldn't say cooler, but he's definitely the suave, badass um, Han Solo in a cape.
1: <laughs> All right, at number seven, I have Kylo Ren.
2: Snoke, Skywalker, the Sith, the Jedi, the Rebels, let it all die. Rey,
1: I want you to join me. I fucking love this incredibly flawed character, I have to admit. Um, I feel like this, like emo wannabe Sith Lord fits perfectly into, like, the Skywalker legacy. I mean, you think about Anakin and Luke. They're all kind of bratty um, at first. And, like, you know, they have their anger issues. And Kylo's really no different. Like, he's incredibly, like... Fierce and, like, full of rage and angst. Like, I always picture him, like, training to Depeche Mode at night, you know, with his shirt off, working on shoulders to get that really boxy look, you know, writing in his journal after, like, brushing his hair in the mirror, um, you know, complaining about how no one understands him. I would actually, like to love one day to see his backstory, and I know it's playing out, like, in the comics right now, um, but, like, to see, like, on screen at least, like, what happens to, like, you know, corrupt him and turn him against, you know, the Jedi, um, you know, maybe even, like, you know, animated style, like, Clone Wars, um, I think that would be fascinating to watch, like, that relationship between uncle and nephew, master and apprentice, Eventually, just get corrupted and go wrong.
0: Well, for my number seven, I had Admiral Akbar.
1: Are you fucking kidding me?
0: It's a drop.
1: What number? <laughs> se- First of all, <laughs> <laughs> why?
0: I I love Admiral. It's Akbar, not. You're
1: not serious.
0: I am serious.
1: Well, you're not taking the countdown serious.
0: Yes, I am taking the countdown serious. <laughs> so while "It's a Trap" is an iconic line, there's actually a lot more to um, Akbar and his relationship with the rebellion um, that we get in the comics and what we what I read in a lot of Vader comics, which was you know we kind of see you know why the Mon Calamari even joined the rebellion in the first place and how they all got tricked and you know you see Akbar kind of get thrown into this role. Um, and it's, it's very interesting, you know, you get this, like, misfortune of these people that are just trying to deal with the Empire and save themselves as much as possible, and then they become the key element of the rebellion. I think um, Akbar becoming a general and everything that he did was very awesome, and then his death in the newer trilogy just eh, kind of fell flat for me, because I, I knew a little bit more of his history at this point um i i think he's a fun character i think uh the line is always going to stick with me and i definitely got more into his past reading more into the mod calamari and what
1: happened all right man well when you first said akbar i thought you're trying to take a piss on this fucking (laughs) countdown you know i was gonna i was you know gonna basically say you're a you know Affecting the the integrity of the countdown, <laughs> but when you talk about the backstory and everything like that, Fine. So I guess I me. guess I'll I guess I'll let that be your pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number six pick is The Mandalorian. I can get you more credits.
2: I can bring you in warm, or I can
1: bring you in cold. Uh, Din Djarin. I can't remember how they actually pronounce his real name. Um, They said it once on the show, whatever. Um, But yeah, the Mandalorian show is absolutely my beacon of hope right now for the Star Wars franchise. Uh, Mando operates and gives us a glimpse of the underworld um, of the galaxy. Stoic, mysterious, monotone. He lives by a code and he's a fucking space samurai. Who, you know, like many great Star Wars characters, live in this morally gray area. His loyalty and his heart are his greatest strengths, but he's not afraid to pull the trigger if he has to.
0: For my number six, I have none other than the Emperor himself, Darth Sidious. The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Uh, While he is probably the most memeable character in Star Wars, um, he is also the Dark architect of the destruction of the jedi and um you know there's there's some credit there you know he's there talking to the jedi half the time he's in the senate you know and they don't even know who he is they have no idea that he is this this dark entity in their world and you know that has to show some type of power there you know beyond that we get you know all the menace and all the the pain and suffering that he brings on vader just to get him to be more powerful later on and you know all the little like he's always got another game plan going on and that's how we even that's how we get to episode nine where he's still somehow with us uh you know dark science and all but uh you know he is a he is a crazy awesome character and I think you know while he is the butt of a few jokes in the in the series I feel like you know, he is the ultimate bad guy throughout Star Wars at the end of the day.
1: All right, my number five pick is Ahsoka.
2: Ahsoka, you are making a mistake. Maybe, but I have to sort this out on my own. Without the council and without you.
1: Ahsoka has one of the greatest journeys of any Star Wars character. Going from this stubborn, brash Padawan to this, like, mature, independent leader... She's truly the main protagonist in, you know, the whole Clone Wars series. Um, Through her eyes, we get to really explore the Jedi um, in a different light. And, you know, she exposes many of their flaws. She challenges the Jedi's way of doing things and isn't afraid to ask questions and walk away when she thinks they're wrong. Um, she's really the moral compass of the entire series. And, you know, I think that's why I love her so much. For my number five, I have Darth Maul. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge.
0: Maul is the true menace of the Star Wars franchise. While, you know, there's plenty of war going on, he is always in the background causing some kind of chaos. Not even, not only just for the Jedi, but also for um per palpatine himself you know uh he is there you know causing his own trouble he's also becomes a fucking you know gangster which which i thought was pretty awesome um and i wish we got we i wish we got to explore that a little bit more uh but you know what we got in the clone wars of him menacing around I'm, i know i'm throwing that word in there a lot but uh menacing around and you know Really, you know, getting going after Obi Wan that's st- whole storyline with him and Obi Wan constantly going back and forth, even up to his death. Uh, I really loved how they handled the character throughout all of Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, you know, he's part of that huge moment between Ahsoka and Vader as well. Uh, it's he's, he just plays these really cool. Um, Elements and moments for Star Wars as a whole. A lot of what he talks about also kind of builds up the uh, the emphasis of how powerful and evil the Emperor is throughout Clone Wars as well. Um, and you know he puts a lot of emphasis on the master plan and getting us behind you know you know what's about to happen. You know he's a, he's a he's a key player in all of that. You know um, and who doesn't love his battle in Episode One? So uh, that's why he is on my list as number five.
1: All right, my number four pick is Han Solo. Laugh it up, fuzzball. But you didn't
0: see us alone in the South
1: Passage. She expressed her true feelings for me. This no-good scoundrel is as cranky as he is heroic at times. Gruff, cocky, hard around the edges, but deep down what matters most to him is his friends. Uh, he's not a Jedi, but when the shit hits the fan, he's one of the most entertaining characters to watch in the Star Wars series, um, as he always manages to get himself out of anything the Empire throws at him. He always manages to beat the odds.
0: For my number four, I have Tarkin. Grand Moth Tarkin is a true force to be reckoned with, even though he doesn't wield any force abilities, you know, and he stands... Tall against even Vader. He even comes off as like Vader's handler in episode four. Um, And you know, we see this kind of relationship he has with Vader in the comics, you know, how he's kind of like manipulating him and a little bit above him uh, in this kind of mental game. And it, it really makes Tarkin into this very cool, evil character, you know, and his confrontation with Leia and the rebels in episode four you know, is iconic. You know, um, Peter Cushing does such an amazing job. You know, he still finds a way to stand out even as a military leader. He's not boring. He's not just part of the scenery and, you know, the wake of Vader and stuff like that. He stands out and he has a massive presence in the film.
1: My number three pick is Princess Leia.
2: What? Why, you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder.
1: She's no damsel in distress, This hard-nosed, cunning leader is the soul of not only the Rebel Alliance, but also the Resistance years later. She's one of the core characters um, from the original trilogy that just never wavered and abandoned the mission. Even after her son was corrupted by the dark side, it only made her conviction stronger. Princess Leia, like I said, no, fuck that. General Leia is the living embodiment of the Rebellion. Well, for
0: my number three, I had Han Solo. Who's scruffy looking? Like you said in last week's countdown, who doesn't want to be Han Solo? He is that awesome fucking scoundrel. You know, um, he does, as you said, gets through pretty much every little thing that the Empire throws at his, throws his way, except for maybe frozen carbonite. But, <laughs> you know, one of the greatest pilots in the galaxy... Um, His parsec runs a little questionable as we saw in Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, You know, he's been a part of all those big moments in Star Wars as well. You know, he saves Luke. He's just a classic character. He's part of the main three from the original trilogy, and you have to have him in your list no matter what.
1: All right, my number two pick is Luke Skywalker. You failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. So. This whiny farm boy overcoming the sins of his father to become a Jedi Knight and the savior of the galaxy is modern mythology at this point. Um, The original trilogy is really Luke's story. And like I've said in the past, there isn't a person my age who didn't pretend to be Luke as a child like battling against evil. He's just the ultimate hero. Um, When I think of, you know, Luke, I think of Luke dressed all in black with no fear in his eyes, walking into impending doom. Luke's heroism isn't just about facing down threats from the Imperial Empire. It's really about him like dealing with his own inner demons, like all that angst and rage and self-doubt and still overcoming. Um, That's why Skywalker is definitely my number two pick. For
0: my number two, I have Ahsoka Tana.
2: I'm glad I gave you something to look forward to.
0: Ahsoka, as we both agree, is a fully formed character. Um, you know, and I've I rode that journey of growth. You know, with everyone else. You know, I thought she, as I said last week, you know, a super annoying character when I first met her. And God, I thought the Clone Wars film that they made originally was god awful. So I was definitely very against Ahsoka Tano. Um, and you know. What they did with Clone Wars and, you know, showing this character's growth, um, having her face, you know, these morality decisions with the Jedi and showing the dark side of of the light you know, uh, really brought so much to this character, brought so much like there's so many moments with Ahsoka that I will probably say are probably my top moments in Star Wars. Like, as I think that was one of the things that we fought on last week was, you know, how important was Ahsoka versus Vader? Uh, and I really originally when I was putting that list together I had it as my number one you know um, that moment had so much had so much raw like potential and you know how it was handled um, really made it such a such a huge moment for me as a fan you know to be that entrenched and drawn into a kid's cartoon over her journey to get to this point you know I was really into this character and you know I feel like this season of Clone Wars in general really solidified my love for this character. And hopefully we get the same amount of love and attention uh, for this character down the road in the live action version.
1: All right. And number one on my countdown is Darth Vader. If you only knew the power of the dark side. There isn't a sadder story than the one of Anakin Skywalker. Um, Thought to be the chosen one. Fighting on the side of the Jedi to bring balance to the Force, little did they know what that prophecy truly meant. Um, you know, he's manipulated and corrupted by Palpatine, but the Jedi—they're really not blameless either. Um, if you think about it, I mean, their strict, rigid ways kind of push push him towards that you know direction. Also, um, he becomes in the long run the Emperor's dog of war, the ultimate evil in the galaxy. Um, he's truly if you think about it, he's truly a fallen angel character. Um, But all that aside, just aesthetically, this is one of the coolest fucking villains to ever really on like the big screen. I don't know if it's the voice or the lightsaber or just the fucking, you know, jet black costume. Um, But like, or maybe it's the pervy breathing, but I, you know, you put all those ingredients together and you have just one amazing villain Um, and just, you know, a villain that you you should really, truly fear. Um, And that's why Vader, the Sith Lord, is number one on my countdown.
0: Absolutely. He is my number one as well. Darth Vader is darkness. You know, his storyline, while shaky in the um, prequels is still so powerful watching his growth from Anakin to Vader to then, you know, redeeming himself and saving and bringing, saving and bringing true balance to the force by destroying the emperor. Uh, you know, you really get this sense of closure to this storyline that we were promised from the very beginning with him, you know, um, uh, as, as, you know, as someone that grew up with the prequels and stuff like that. Uh, Vader just really comes off as this pure badass character. And there's so much more I feel like needs to be explored with him. I I really have to get that Jedi Hunt um, story. I really need that put onto either the screen or the small screen. You know, give it to me.
1: (laughs) All right, hold on, Christian. Yeah. Let me get this straight. Fucking Admiral Ackbar (laughs) made your top ten list, but Luke... And fucking Leia, don't even crack it?
0: What the the
1: fuck is wrong with you, man?
0: I'm probably just being that hipster Star Wars kid. I think you are, man.
1: That's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I know you're a prequels kid, but come on, dude. Luke and Leia... (laughs) Who else did you put out? I I mean, Mace Windu? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's a cool character. But, like, over Luke and Leia? What's wrong with you? You're embarrassing the show.
0: (laughs) Hey, at least there's some diversity between our lists. I guess.
1: I guess. (laughs) All right. I'm making the
0: ads you make, you know, even more filled. Uh Plenty of characters. Sure sure <laughs> i'm helping you out yeah
1: <laughs> oh all right so christian do you have any honorable mentions
0: um if i could i would say darth revan would be my honorable mention just because he isn't in canon in the star wars lore uh you know he's one of those characters that really he will be though yeah. Right? At some point, yeah, yeah, they're definitely gonna bring him in. But he's such a cool character. He's a guy that plays on both sides with the Jedi and the Sith. You get him going back and forth, you know, based on your decisions that you make in the game. But uh, aren't they? Um, they're remaking that game, right? The old Republic. Yes. Game? So uh, it will sounds that, like they're going to. be. Will with, that make him know? canon? Yeah, it will make him canon if they make a new game with him. But I want more. I want more than just a video game. I want big screen representation. This is another guy with a purple lightsaber as well.
1: <laughs> uh, my honorable mention would have to be Rey. I think if this if we did this list probably after Force Awakens was released, I probably would have her on my list. Unfortunately, they just didn't really stick the landing with the character. Um you know, she had so much potential. Um and she still does. You know, I'm hoping that they kind of, you know, uh salvage her story arc, uh, you know, maybe you know, in a future movie or a show or something. But, you know, I really did enjoy that character. Um, She's a badass fighter also. So I I do enjoy watching her wield the lightsaber. I will say that. Uh, But yeah, no, I I, I, now that she's kind of free of the Skywalker saga, I I am interested to see where she goes. Um, But yeah, she, she just missed the top 10. Not free of the name, though. (laughs) <laughs> not not free of the name i guess <laughs> i mean i feel like Whatever. i feel
0: like that's the uh the same reason why kylo ren didn't make my list was like yeah maybe if this was right after the last jedi I, he probably would have been like number 10 for me you know i really love the character design i love you know his actions and stuff but the the landing really sucked
1: <laughs> yeah him so, running around in his good boy sweater um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little rough I don't know but I just I love angsty Kylo I do throwing uh-huh. temper tantrums and shit that's a great character and then once again once again the fight the fighting style you know yes so. alright so let's go ahead and rapid fire some of our worst least favorite Star Wars characters you go first Christian rapid fire uh, style back and forth here we go
0: Jar Jar Binks
1: okay Qui-Gon uh, been
0: thrown on the spot here greedo <laughs> a greedo huh he's not a cool
1: character at all yeah he kind of sucks right he just shows up he cool. just shows up and like gets killed yeah, he was in clone wars for a little bit you know but yeah, he didn't really do anything there either
0: oh i also hate that guy from clone wars and rebels hondo you know, it's
1: funny because I just watched his introduction in uh, Clone Wars, and he comes Uh-oh. off, like, they're portraying him as more of a serious character and, like, an actual threat at first. And then, like, he becomes just a complete, like, comedy act, you know, by the end of the series. And then, really, in Rebels, he's totally just pure comedy. So, exactly. I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> uh, uh, Babu Frick. Ah, uh, yeah. Dio. <laughs> the exposition droid, if you will. Uh, let's see. We said Jar Jar already, right?
0: Yes, yes, that was the first thing it said. Okay,
1: Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Anakin the prequels. Anakin? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Anakin and Clone Wars—that's the Anakin we all deserved. Hmm. But like, we were stuck with Anakin. You know, Lucas is Anakin for what fucking you know, three movies? So, um, but yeah, man, if he was portrayed differently, if he was portrayed the way he was portrayed in Clone Wars, I mean, imagine that arc and how different, you know, those movies would feel. So, yeah, I, I gotta put Anakin on my list, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Such a disappointment. Uh, anyone
0: else? Uh, I'm not afraid to admit I've never really been a big fan of BB-8 in general.
1: it's alright. I don't know. Wouldn't be the worst, but yeah, he's not the worst. I mean, yeah, there's no uh, Admiral Ackbar, but you know, <laughs> that's because Admiral Ackbar's an awesome guy. I can't <laughs> get over that Admiral Ackbar is on your fucking <laughs> top ten and not Luke and Leia. For shame, Christian. What is wrong with you? Fucking ironic hipster. That's. <laughs> I think outside the Big box. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth.
0: Luke and Leia are really awesome characters. And I do enjoy them. Yeah,
1: because. I don't know, man.
0: I'm not just backpedaling. They are great characters.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Were know, they Luke number eleven? Luke was in my top
1: twelve the heroes. They didn't even make your honorable mentions for crying out loud. <laughs> I like villains and uh, weird and characters. General Akbar, apparently. All villains is the general Ackbar. Oh god, what the fuck did I get myself into with in this podcast? <sighs> Alright.
0: <laughs> Those are what I've been looking forward to with Star Wars, but uh uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I'm surprised we
1: didn't have a general Ackbar, like month or week. <laughs> you want that to happen?
0: Uh, I can make that no, happen. No, that's that's okay. That's okay.
1: <laughs> this podcast is a trap for sure. <laughs>
0: before we head out make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts you can also join us on bigheadsmedia.com where there's even more amazing podcasts
1: that's right and if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform make sure you subscribe rate and give us a five star review
0: yeah it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going
1: and you know what if you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter and see the full versions of these articles plus a whole lot more
0: yeah you can follow us at amazing nerd show that's your nerd hub for all things pop culture
1: hey and if you're looking to further support the show go ahead and buy some merch over at t public they have shirts they have sweatshirts i think they have mugs bumper stickers the works man absolutely you can also head over to
0: prowrestlingtees.com and find our merch there as well yeah while you're at it go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt okie dokie damon what are we talking about next week
1: well we're gonna have a whole lot more star wars talk we're going to be reviewing Money in the Bank, and we're also going to be checking out the movie The Lodge, since we missed it and its like limited release run uh, earlier this year.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to watch that movie. Yes.
1: Uh, finally, a new movie to watch, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, my name's Christian. And my name's David. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. You don't have to do this to impress me. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. <laughs>